Welcome to the Creative Pen Podcast. I'm Joanna Penn, thriller author and creative entrepreneur, bringing you interviews, inspiration and information on writing, publishing options and marketing ideas for your book. You can find the episode show notes, your free author blueprint and lots more information at thecreativepen.com and that's pen with a double N. And here's the show. Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 682 of the podcast and it is Friday the 24th of March 2023 as I record this. In today's show, I'm going through my epic lessons learned from my Kickstarter campaign and you will also glean some tips for publishing and book marketing even if you don't plan to do a Kickstarter. Many of my tips can be applied to other things, and the book marketing side in particular should be useful however you choose to publish. I will go through an overview of the campaign, including rewards, add-ons and the result, why Kickstarter for this project and why now for me personally. Then I'll get into my tips for success, learn about the platform beforehand and the new ecosystem, prepare to face your fears the importance of getting your costs right in terms of production and international shipping, set aside more time than you need, and all the things that took more time than I expected. How did I market the campaign? This is a big section that will hopefully give you tips for marketing your book. Then, was it worth it? And will I do another Kickstarter campaign, as well as what happens to Pilgrimage now? So that's coming up in the main section. So I would normally do publishing and book marketing news, but because this is such an epic episode, I'm going to save the news until next week. Now, there is a lot going on in the generative AI and copyright space, but I have an interview next week with Catherine Goldman, who is an intellectual property lawyer. And we have a whole episode on AI and IP, fun times with acronyms coming up. So I'll do a longer intro next week with my thoughts on some of the major developments and how things are shaping out. I do want to point you to a few podcasts, though, this week. Two update shows, the Six Figure Author podcast returned for a special episode. And it was lovely to hear from Lindsay, Joe and Andrea. And uh, I'm going to take a little bit of responsibility because when Lindsay was on the show a few weeks ago, I kind of pressured her a bit to do an update. (laughs) But it's a really good update because it's very real. And Joe and Andrea in particular share life happening. And sometimes writing has to take a back seat to other things as life happens and children happen for Andrea, many children. So definitely have a listen to that episode. That's the Six Figure Author podcast. Also, The Writer's Well with Rachel Heron and Jay Thorne popped back onto the feed. And it's great to hear what they're up to as well. And both of these shows popping in for an update teach a couple of things that podcast listeners are happy to hear from you even months or years later. And once you develop a listening relationship, you want to know what's going on. And that really encourages me around my books and travel podcast, which I'd like to do sporadic episodes on. That is the plan. Also, all of these authors who have these updates are long-term writers and by seeing how things change it can help you understand that this career is not linear it will not be like oh i make it you know the the graph from the bottom left to the top right it's not just like a straight upward line <laughs> it's more like a roller coaster and wiggly and wiggly you know things go up and down 
The publishing environment, book marketing options may shift. Also, people's lives change. Some people put down writing for a while, come back to it later. They write other things. They try new industries. There's nothing wrong with that. So definitely have a listen to them. Also, I couldn't resist a futurist plug for new podcast, Possible, with Reid Hoffman. And the first episode is on the future of entertainment, which is definitely important for us. And in the age of AI, this is essentially about an uh, AI. And their interview is with Trevor Noah, who is just wonderful to listen to. I love his accent. It's just gorgeous. And the most recent episode of Possible is on fusion energy. And I love the podcast because the premise is, what if the AI revolution goes incredibly well and benefits humanity in wonderful ways. What are the amazing things that's going on? Um, That's why I love it. So that's possible with Reid Hoffman. So thanks for your emails and tweets and comments. Thanks to Louisa, who sent some graveyard photos from Portland, Oregon, where I've actually visited before. Uh, Oregon, great city. Thanks, Louisa. I always love graveyard photos. Absolutely. Uh, Will Norman said thank you and Jeff Adams for the important, if not popular, conversation on accessibility. Usually I grip my teeth and add text when posting photos, but only for SEO purposes. This episode reminded me that the people who consume my content are not simply consumers, but they are people. That is great insight, Will. Thank you for that. And yes, since Jeff was on the show, well, only one or two weeks ago, uh, I have been much better. In fact, for this particular post, there are loads of images in the show notes. And I've been very careful with everyone to add captions or explanations or alt text. Brian Camillo said, I started self-publishing in part by listening to your show. This episode with Joe Nassis has helped calm my nerves regarding AI use by authors. Essentially, the cat is out the box now. Learn how to use it or be left behind. Thank you for being so forward thinking. So yes, I enjoyed the chat with Joe and uh, yeah, we got on super well. I enjoyed that. So remember, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen, send me pictures of where you're listening or email me joanna at thecreativepen.com. Leave a comment on the blog or the YouTube channel. I love to hear from you. It makes this more of a conversation. And particularly for today, I want to know what you think, because I feel like the whole Kickstarter thing, uh, a lot of people don't still have not backed one before. So there's a lot of confusion. I, I hope my lessons learned are really useful for you, but I definitely want to hear from you. So this episode is sponsored by Pro Writing Aid, because however you choose to publish, whether you go direct to readers or you go indie or you want a traditional deal, you need to make your book the best it can be. I use Pro Writing Aid multiple times in my creative process, once after the full draft is finished before I print it for hand edits, and then again before I send it to my editor. Or the show notes for this, I actually wrote this in... Scrivener. And then I used ProWritingAid before I published the show notes on the blog because there is a, the transcript from today's episode, I, I prepared that first and I used ProWritingAid. So you can use it for blog posts, you can use it for content, you can use it for books. Um, yes. So essentially, it's one of my absolute must use tools. So why use software to help you? Why don't you just learn all the grammar and the writing rules and apply them yourself? Well, we all use tools to improve our process and we're also often blind to our writing issues. It helps to have another pair of eyes, even if the eyes are software. ProWritingAid knows all the rules and helps you apply them. And of course, you can choose not to make the changes as you like. 
It helps with making your writing more active, finding repeated words, finding words you could improve or rewrite, sentence structure, grammar and punctuation issues, as well as typos, spacing problems and more. It integrates with all the usual word processing tools and, as I mentioned, it integrates with Scrivener, which is how I use it. I open ProWritingAid on my computer, then open the Scrivener project and work through each chapter. I learn every time and it has a load of reports to help improve your writing in multiple ways. And uh, I do actually have an interview coming up with Chris, the CEO of ProWritingAid, talking about some of the changes coming to the tool. So won't an editor do all this? Well, yes, they can, but I'd rather pay my editor to fix the things software can't. As brilliant as ProWriting Aid is, it cannot read the manuscript as a whole and comment on the bigger issues like character development or inconsistencies or plot holes. So I use ProWriting Aid as my essential tool before sending to my human editor. You can check out the free edition or get 25% off the premium edition by using my link, prowritingaid.com forward slash Joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A. That's prowritingaid.com forward slash Joanna. This type of corporate sponsorship pays for the hosting, transcription and editing, but my time in creating the show is sponsored by my patrons and it was an epic amount of time doing today's show. <laughs> they especially support the uh, Futurist shows as well and I am especially grateful to those patrons who've been supporting for years and months. Uh, it demonstrates you find the show useful and want it to continue. So thanks to new patrons this week, Stacey Canavan, Quinn Ward, Marion Goldine, Ellie and Charlie Becker. And this week I did the extra, or last week as this goes out, I did the extra monthly Q&A for patrons and I spent around 45 minutes uh, of audio asking, answering even, answering questions about writing craft, publishing, book marketing, making money with your writing, also AI and all the futurist stuff. You can support the show with just a few dollars or euros or pounds or whatever and you'll get access to the backlist. And you'll get the extra monthly Q&A and you'll be able to ask questions. So support the show at patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash the creative pen. Right, let's get into the epic lessons learned. Lessons learned and tips from my first Kickstarter campaign. First up, an overview. I launched my first Kickstarter campaign on 22nd of January 2023 for my travel memoir, Pilgrimage, Lessons Learned from Solo Walking Three Ancient Ways. The campaign finished after 14 days on 6th of February 2023 and it made £25,771, which is around US dollars and that was funded from 692 backers. Now, my first initial target was £1,000. I was afraid of failure and not even making that much. Plus, this book falls between my existing audiences. It is not a how-to book for authors, like my other books as Joanna Penn, and it is not fiction, thriller, dark fantasy or crime as J.F. Penn. It was my first memoir, and also about solo walking pilgrimages, which is hardly a mainstream topic. However, the campaign funded within minutes and it made over £5,000 within the first 24 hours. It ended up as 2,577% funded. 
<laughs> Thank you to everyone who supported the campaign, and I know many of you listening did. You are amazing, and I hope you love the book. The funding went more steeply at the beginning and then levelled off as expected. Kickstarter has a super useful dashboard view for reporting. And given how much work the campaign was, as I shall outline, <laughs> I'm happy with two-week period for the campaign. I don't think I could have sustained the marketing effort any longer. So what were the different pledge levels and how popular were they? The different pledge levels were no reward, just support for those who wanted to back me but didn't want the book, ebook delivered by Book Funnel, read on any device, audiobook narrated by me, delivered by Book Funnel, listen on any device, digital bundle, which included the ebook, audiobook and digital workbook, the special edition paperback, which has a yellow banner and some colour interior photos. The paperback version that will be for sale on Amazon and Ingram is just plain black and white, so the colour interiors are only my store. A large print paperback, and that edition is just black and white and it will be everywhere. And a special edition hardback, signed or unsigned, with a flyleaf cover, silver foil on the interior cover and interior colour photos more than the paperback and some other extras. Only available on the Kickstarter and also now on sale through my store, creativepenbooks.com. I will not be doing a hardback through Amazon and Ingram as basically the book vault quality is so much better. And if you find it for sale elsewhere, then it will be a secondhand copy. So you can get it from creativepenbooks.com. There was also a hardback bundle, including a signed hardback, spiral-bound workbook, ebook, audiobook and PDF workbook. There was also the writing setting course bundle, which was the um, course I've done on writing setting and sense of place, plus everything else. And then a consulting bundle, which was a 90-minute Zoom consulting call, plus everything else, including the course, which was limited to 10. Everything else had uh, no limit. I also included add-ons so people could buy extra editions or other high-value bundles for my non-fiction and fiction. This included any of the main editions as extra copies, as well as the spiral-bound pilgrimage workbook, the PDF workbook and this course. I also included bundles for my other books, how to write non-fiction bundle, how to write a novel bundle, map walkers, Brooke and Daniel crime thrillers and the arcane 12-book thriller bundle. And I am now adding all of these on my bundle page at creativepenbooks.com. I am finally getting everything available in multi-bundles. So I'm pretty, for ebook, audiobook and print. So I'm finally getting all of that set up, which is quite exciting. It will be the best deal you can get anywhere. <laughs> the signed hardback, as expected, was the biggest driver of revenue. But that figure also includes shipping costs. The large print was not very popular. I think it was only four copies. But I think it's important to do large print for accessibility reasons. And of course, I am going on to sell these elsewhere. I offered the course on writing setting and sense of place because I was teaching the topic at Colorado Springs at the Superstars Conference. But I hadn't prepared that in advance, which I will come back to. Now, while I intend to offer courses as part of future projects, I would prepare them in advance next time, as creating this took a lot more time than expected after the campaign finished. In fact, I was doing that. I think I announced it last week. I've just been doing it. I offered five consulting sessions initially, but they sold out very fast. So I raised it to 10, the maximum I want to offer. And if you bought one, thank you. You will be having those uh, over the next year. I'll deliver the next co the consulting. 
So it was well worth offering all the digital bundles, including the self-help and the extra books and the fiction as they provided extra revenue. And uh, as I said, they'll soon be on creativepenbooks.com, if not already as you listen to this. So how did I do fulfilment? I used bookfunnel.com, wonderful book funnel, to deliver all the ebooks and audiobooks, which I usually do for my direct sales. I used Teachable for the writing setting and sense of place course, which I've been using for years. I basically created a coupon for 100% off and sent that to the backers of that level. I used bookvault.app for the print editions, and they also do the print on demand for my Shopify store. You guessed it, creativepenbooks.com. So one of my nightmare scenarios was selling a load of hardback books and then having to spend weeks packaging them up and shipping them around the world. As much as I really wanted to do signed hardbacks, that was a sticking point. And I even considered not doing signed books or paying someone to come to my house and basically help me do it. Thankfully, Book Vault helped me out and there are pictures on the uh, show notes that go with this, the transcript. They printed the hardbacks and then I drove up to the printing factory in Peterborough, which is about three hours drive from my house. And we had a signing morning and then I put pictures on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and then they shipped the books for me. So yes, I could have printed the books more cheaply. So I could have bought bulk print books more cheaply from Eastern Europe or China or even here in the UK and done the shipping myself. But basically, I love Book Vault. The quality is amazing. So I wanted to use their books. But also, they went on and did all the shipping and they have that set up already. So Curtis and Alex from Book Vault, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. (laughs) And I I just, uh, yeah, that made all the difference. This is obviously not a practical thing for everyone to do, but reach out to Book Vault if you're in a similar situation and you're within driving distance. (laughs) So how do you communicate with backers? So Kickstarter enables you to post updates, which can be for backers only or available more widely. These are essentially blog posts on your Kickstarter campaign and they are sent to everyone as well as remaining on the campaign page. So if you go to my campaign, you'll be able to see some of the public updates. I did updates every few days as the campaign hit various levels and stretch goal rewards, and then less frequently once fulfilment was complete. But you can add updates over time, so even if it's years later, you can do an update and it will go to all the people who backed. Definitely update backers as much as possible and give them all the information they need to demonstrate you are delivering on your promises. You can also email backers from the dashboard and email them in groups by reward, which is part of how you do the delivery. So why Kickstarter and not a usual book launch? Well, I did a video on this topic as part of the marketing campaign in order to educate people because so many people don't know about it. And Kickstarter is good for backers as well as the creator. So benefits for backers If you back a Kickstarter, you get special editions, bonus content, interesting merchandise, bundles, digital specials, print specials, early access, and all of them pretty much are really cool books from creators you either already love or those you've never heard of because you just want to see their cool stuff. And I've started buying books from people I have never heard of because I think their books are really cool. So once you start supporting campaigns on Kickstarter, the algorithm will recommend campaigns for you. It's essentially a different way of shopping for great books and other products, and it's just another part of my ecosystem for how I shop. 
It's a form of direct sales, so you also have a closer connection with the creator. You can message them, for example, and they get it, rather than buying through an online retailer or bookstore. In terms of benefits for creators, you get to know people in a more personal way through the campaign, messaging with people and connecting more than you would when selling through a retailer when you don't know who is buying your books. As an author, you can make more money more quickly and retain a higher percentage of the royalties rather than wait months or years to get paid and have a large percentage taken out by everyone down the chain, publishers, platforms, distributors and retailers. Brandon Sanderson's $41 million Kickstarter was clearly the pinnacle of what can be achieved. But many authors are happy making a few thousand for their book project up front and use campaigns multiple times during the year. Kickstarter takes 5% for their fee, although of course you have to factor in the cost of production and marketing. But even then, I make more profit on my book sales through selling ebooks and audiobooks direct and also printing with Book Vault with print on demand uh, rather than, well, I make more money with Book Vault than I do with KDP Print or Ingram Spark. Another way you make more money is that the average order per customer is higher with Kickstarter than sales on the usual stores. The average order on my campaign was £37.24, or that's around $45, US which is at least four times higher than I might have made selling pilgrimage in the usual way on the major retailers. Some creators use backer kit to add even more upsells and cross-sells, but I decided not to use it this time. One new platform was enough to learn, but I might consider it next time. You get paid two weeks after the campaign finishes, so the money is in your bank account much faster than if you sell on retailers. In terms of cash flow, make sure you time your campaign so you get the money before you have to pay for printing, shipping and other significant bills. There are many creators who now make Kickstarter the core of their business. It's a spike income model rather than a monthly income, which most indie authors are used to. Now, the monthly income model is fantastic. I love getting money every month, but it also has the effect of making indie authors behave as this is like a normal job, as in work every month, get paid every month, put out another book so that you get paid in another few months time. With the Kickstarter model, you can get a bigger chunk of money in one go. So you could potentially move to a big launch and then take more time off before ramping up to the next launch months later. And amusingly, this sounds a bit more like traditional publishing. It's just as an author, when you get that amount of money, it's much bigger. So that kind of launch tempo is an attractive prospect if you think about, okay, if I just get this big spike of money, even once a year, that's really cool. And then, of course, you can sell it later, which I'll come to. In fact, Martha Carr mentioned this a few episodes ago when she talked about this launch model uh, instead of the kind of KU book a month kind of model because she's thinking about retirement and in retirement maybe she'll do a couple of launches a year instead of a book a month. So I think that's really interesting. So why Kickstarter now? Well I've been backing other creators on Kickstarter and other crowdfunding platforms for over a decade. The first Kickstarter campaign I backed was Seth Godin's The Icarus Deception back in January 2013, so it really has been a decade. I've interviewed people on my podcast who have done successful campaigns over the years, but I've always resisted doing a campaign myself. There were several good reasons for this. 
I knew it would be a lot of work, and I much prefer evergreen marketing to the spike approach, which emphasises limited time campaigns. Freedom is also my highest value, and I worried that I would suddenly have all these people who had paid me money and not yet received what they had bought, and I might have all these difficult issues doing the fulfilment. I also didn't want to handle the potential problems with printing and shipping physical books. But the publishing landscape has changed. It is becoming harder to stand out on the big retailers because of the sheer volume of books, and also with the rising cost of ads. I don't write to market, or rapid release, or publish into KU, which are all some of the effective ways to reach readers. I don't have any problem with those publishing choices, by the way, it's just not how I work. In mid-2022, I built my Shopify store, creativepenbooks.com, and I am slowly pivoting into selling direct first, which also includes Kickstarter as another direct platform. I will continue to publish wide so you can find my books on all stores in all formats regardless, but I will be direct first and also produce direct-only products. So my pilgrimage hardback and the paperback with the yellow banner and also the spiral-bound workbooks that I have now are direct-only. With the rise of generative AI, we will see an influx of content onto the main retailers, as I covered again a few episodes ago. And building an individual author brand and connecting with readers directly will become ever more important. Kickstarter is also great for special projects, and Pilgrimage is my first memoir, my first special edition hardback, and a personal book that is not aimed at either of my two main audiences. It is not self-help for authors, <laughs> like my other Joanna Penn books, and it is not a thriller, dark fantasy, crime or horror novel, uh, like my normal JF Penn books. Kickstarter seemed like the best option to launch such a different kind of book, and hopefully find new readers outside of both niches. Right, Let's get into some of my tips and lessons learned. Learn about the platform from experts. I've been publishing and selling books through online retailers as well as my own store since 2008. I know what I'm doing, but I still had a lot to learn with Kickstarter. It's essentially a completely different ecosystem with different rules and a different audience, so you have to learn the ropes. Even if you are super successful in other places, you might crash and burn on Kickstarter unless you understand how it works and change your approach accordingly. Start backing campaigns. See how it feels to back Kickstarter campaigns and discover what draws you in as a reader and a fan of specific things you might find projects you love of outside of books. There's plenty of other projects outside of books. You can browse the publishing category to find new books and also use the search to find things you might like. In this way, you can support fellow creators and learn how the Kickstarter site works for discoverability and marketing. Buy and read Get Your Book Selling on Kickstarter by Russell P. Nolte and Monica Lionel. My copy is full of underlines and notes, and it has been on my desk for months. <laughs> so Noisette, one of our British short hair cats, curled up on it a lot, and I've put a picture on the show notes. 
Go through this book in detail and note down all the things that can make a campaign successful. It is a great book and this step alone will get you a very long way. Seriously, I have been through this book multiple times. Monica and Russell also have a podcast plus downloadable Kickstarter roadmap, courses, a Facebook group, as well as an accelerator program where you can join other creators campaigning and help each other go further. Just go to kickstartyournovel.com for all the details. Although it's also relevant for non-fiction authors and creators of other projects, it's definitely not just for novelists, as this was not a novel. (laughs) So that's kickstartyournovel.com. Monica Leonel has also been on this podcast talking about Kickstarter for authors. Brian Cohen also shared his tips after his successful Kickstarter. And in fact, Russell Nolte will be coming on later this year to talk about Kickstartery stuff. <laughs> and WMG Publishing with Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rush have free and premium courses on Kickstarter. And their model is basically to run a Kickstarter every month, <laughs> as well as doing all the other things they do. Also make sure you go through the kickstarter.com resources. So they have a creator pack and uh, will give you direction on the campaign. Also their terms of use, really important to read their terms of use as there are some assumptions you have because well, I, I did and you will have because we publish on other platforms that are incorrect. So do not assume you know what you were doing if this is your first campaign. Once you have a draft of your campaign, ask specific people to review it before it launches. So you can share a preview prior to launch and get feedback on your page. This helps you refine your story and the rewards, answer any questions before the campaign goes live, and it can also help pique the interest of your audience. So I asked specific people who had done Kickstarter campaigns for help at different stages of the process. And this was really useful too. Don't ask everyone at the same time, space them out. So thanks to Holger Niels Pohl, Guy Windsor, Sarah Rosette and Dean Wesley Smith, who all checked the preview of my campaign and gave me valuable feedback, which I was able to incorporate pre-launch. Thanks in particular to Russell Nolte, who did a review of my page just prior to launch and gave me really specific tips that I implemented. He suggested that I change the title and subtitle so it was not repetitive and make better use of the SEO, search engine optimization, aspects of Kickstarter. He said I should move the why toward the front of my sales video and further up the sales page, emphasising why the book is so important to me and why others might find it useful as well as bringing more emotion into the page instead of primarily focusing on the different formats. Plus, he suggested moving the sample of the text and audio up the page so people could find that sooner and also to add a specification section with the different books available and how many pages they are, the size and the listening time for audio. So that was super useful. Thanks also to my patrons on patreon.com forward slash the creative pen who helped me refine the page language so it wasn't confusing. And through this, I was able to answer pretty much all questions before the campaign even launched. And some of those who reviewed the page went on to buy. Review common mistakes from other campaigns. If you examine how others made mistakes, you can learn from them. The most common seem to be not finishing the book before the campaign, getting the financials wrong for production, shipping and for any other rewards. I know some authors who have ended up 
breaking even or sometimes even out of pocket from campaigns. Don't do that. (laughs) Not making the most of the story sales page and including everything necessary so backers understand and want to support the campaign. So essentially not being clear enough. Setting unrealistic goals, like expecting to make six figures on a first campaign. Not allowing enough time for everything. Not seeking feedback from people who have done it before. Not marketing the campaign enough. Over-promising and under-delivering. And poor communication with backers about the status of rewards. So those are some of the mistakes and uh, I'll obviously be sharing more. So hopefully you can learn from them. Prepare to face your fears. This entire experience thrust me out of my comfort zone and into a new way of creating, launching and connecting with readers. Pilgrimage is my first memoir, my first special hardback with colour photos and my first Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign, so I had a lot to learn. The book is very personal and I bear my soul about some dark times, so that was terrifying in itself, let alone trying a new product edition and publishing platform. On the evening I click the launch button, and yes, you have to actually click an actual launch button, My heart was hammering out of my chest. I have not felt that nervous since probably the first time publishing on Amazon. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of being embarrassed if my campaign didn't fund. I wrote a book on marketing, how to market a book, so I would be mortified if I had not funded. In fact, I even changed my target from £5,000 to £1,000 the night before as I was so terrified it wouldn't fund. I was afraid of getting something terribly wrong and ending up out of pocket through issues with printing and shipping. I was afraid of letting backers down by promising something I might not be able to deliver. I was afraid I had overcommitted myself to a whole load of work I would, might, even, resent doing. I am a one-person business, and although I work with freelancers, I still do pretty much everything myself. I am a control freak, you might have noticed. So yes, there was a lot of apprehension and fear. And you can listen to an excerpt from the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, or go back and listen to the whole episode. I was on the Wish I'd Known Then, uh, where I talk about these fears. And that's with Sarah Rosette and Jamie Albright. I will circle back toward the end of this to recap whether my fears were realised. More tips. Be careful with international shipping and fulfilment of signed books or products. Shipping costs can sink your campaign if you get them wrong, so be very careful with this area. I have sold books in 175 countries, And this podcast has a listenership in 228 countries. So I really wanted to have a completely international campaign. I wanted to ship pilgrimage in any format to any country. So originally I thought I would just charge a bit extra for the book and include shipping. But once I set the book editions up at Book Vault and I had the weight and dimensions sorted, I started checking the shipping costs to different countries. For example, we lived in New Zealand for seven years. My husband is a New Zealander, so we go back. So I was like, I definitely have to sell in New Zealand. And of course, the shipping to New Zealand is very, very different (laughs) to the US, for example. 
It is crazy how much shipping costs vary, and I discovered I couldn't just assume it would all wash out and I'd end up making a profit somehow. I had to be a lot more careful with the calculations. So I focused on my biggest markets, which are, in terms of my book sales, the US, UK, European Union, which is multiple countries, but one shipping region, Canada, Australia, New Zealand and South Africa. So that's six main, six, seven, seven main areas. I added a note on the campaign to say I would add any other country for print shipping if people contacted me. As it turned out, no one asked for any other countries, so that was the best way to go in the end. Now, just to be clear, wherever you are in the world, you can now order pilgrimage in this hardback uh, or the other editions from creativepenbooks.com because you pay the shipping yourself. If you're in a country where the shipping is outrageous, if you're willing to pay for the shipping, then that's absolutely fine. It's just for the campaign I had to focus. But of course, you can try to prepare for everything and then something unexpected and out of your control happens. A big spanner in the works for my campaign was the Russian hack, which took down the UK Royal Mail just before my launch. And if you're not in the UK, you wouldn't have heard about this because I guess in some ways it's a very small issue. But um, it basically took down the Royal Mail and a lot of shipping went into flux. So it specifically hit the international side and Other shipping firms ramped up to take the slack, but it made planning for the launch difficult as the prices were shifting. I didn't know how delivery was going to work. And even for posting in the UK, it was hard because the the mail offices were getting backed up. So once again, I'm grateful for BookVault's adaptability because I could check different addresses and shipping prices even as things changed and they added new providers for shipping. And about 95% of my shipping ended up being within an acceptable range of what I charged. So do your research. Weigh and measure your items so you can get exact quotes for each and also check what kind of packaging you need so you, if you are doing your own shipping... You have to actually type in the shipping costs per reward and per country. So it's a lot of manual setup to get it right. But this is critical. So check and double check. And in fact, I triple and quadruple checked, then went to sleep and then the next day checked again. And having spent, what, 13 years as an IT consultant prior to this career as an author, I I will always remember and have learned from the fact that something just might not be working. And then literally, if you just go away, go to bed, come back the next day, it will probably just be working. (laughs) Sometimes that actually works. (laughs) So yes, I did that. And every time I checked, pretty much, I found I typed something in that didn't quite match. As you also have to retype if you include all the books in the add-ons, you have to type it again. And I didn't stop checking until the day before the launch and then it was right I was happy and yeah I'm really happy that it everything seemed to be fine (laughs) hooray (laughs) now I wanted to also point out that some creators in the USA only do print copies for the USA it's one of my pet annoyances on Kickstarter it's like oh this is cool I really like that in print and then it says shipping in the USA only Now, as a Brit, I want to stand up for the international community of readers. If you're planning a campaign, check your primary markets and add shipping options for them. So 
you know, if I'm if I want to buy something from a US creator and you add on a shipping price, I I get to choose whether I want to pay that or not. So don't just assume that we don't want it or that it's too hard in the too hard basket. <laughs> yes, it's a challenge, but you need to make sure you don't and you need to make sure you don't end up out of pocket. I don't want you to um, not make money, but we international readers are important too. And one of my mantras has always been a global business. So yeah, I think that's important. Set aside more time than you think you need. The campaign ended up being far more significant than I expected in terms of workload and time to complete. Everyone told me that beforehand and it was in the moniker and Russell's book, but it was still a surprise. (laughs) I've been working on this almost full time for over three and a half months and that doesn't include the actual writing of the book, it's just this campaign. So the pilgrimage manuscript was finished and edited by early December 2022 and I worked with my cover designer and book designer Jane at JD Smith Design to get the print files done quickly so I could get proof copies in early January and thanks always to Jane who's just wonderful and turned things around before Christmas so I could get the proof copies because I wanted to get the printing and shipping weight etc etc. It took time to prepare the multiple editions for the rewards. I usually produce an ebook, paperback, and a large print edition, and I narrate my own non fiction audiobooks. But for this Kickstarter, I also wanted to do this special hardback with colour photos, flyleaf cover, silver foil. I wanted to create a special print product I could be proud of. I'm proud of all my books in terms of the content, but the usual paperback print on demand books are more about the content than the true beauty of the product. For Pilgrimage, a book of my heart, I wanted a special edition. So I worked with Jane on the design, going through my photos from the various pilgrimages to find those that resonated with the content. For example, the cadaver tomb at Canterbury and my Compostela from the Camino de Santiago. Once we finished, I had that proof copy rushed so we could turn around everything. And I love, love, love the hardback. It has a silken finish cover and it feels lovely and weighty. The pictures came out well as the paper is of a higher quality and weight to allow for colour printing and overall I am incredibly proud of the finished product. I even sent a copy to my mother-in-law, which I have never done before. (laughs) And yes, she thinks it's good. I definitely should have allowed more time as I spent most of the Christmas and New Year period working on the book, recording and editing the audiobook and preparing for the campaign. I also didn't have time to prepare, record, edit and produce the writing, setting and sense of place course until after the campaign, and it was really hard to find the energy to do this afterward. But I did it, and it's out now. It took time to build the Kickstarter campaign page, create the video and incorporate feedback. Most authors don't write sales pages anymore. Sure, we write a sales description for the book page on the retailers, but we don't often do a whole page for multiple editions. On Kickstarter, you're basically writing a sales page for your campaign, which they call a story. Some of your existing audience might just click through and back the campaign without reading it, but most backers will check out the details to find answers to any questions they have. It is a very long page. (laughs) 
And you also need a video, or you don't need a video, but it's highly recommended you use a video, which is best to record at the last stage when everything else is done. You can still see my Kickstarter uh, video on my campaign page, so I won't go through everything in detail. But the key aspects are who the campaign is aimed at, why the campaign is important to me and the book, what products were available, pictures of everything, as the page should be really visual, and I included the images in the video as well, sample chapters and sample audio, specifications with weight, pages, listening time, table of contents, about me, the author, stretch goals, add-ons and any questions, risks and challenges. So it's pretty long. Then the reward levels have to be set up carefully for each pledge level with shipping costs, as I said, and specific details about what's included. Eventually, I felt like my page had way too much information, but since I didn't really get many backer questions, I guess it did what it was supposed to do. I rewrote and edited that page so many times, adding and changing the order of things, responding to feedback and switching things around. But hopefully I can use that as a template for other campaigns. In the last week, I prepared and recorded the video. I watched Russell Nolte's videos for several of his campaigns and modelled mine on his. He also gave me some tips to improve it, as I mentioned. Thank you, Russell. I've been making videos for years, so I didn't have to upskill on the technical side around recording and editing, but it still took a whole day to make a video that was under three minutes. It took time to prepare the marketing for the campaign. I'm pretty low-key for most launches these days. I publish a book, send a few emails to my lists, announce it on the podcast, do a little social media, update my websites and move on to the next book. So this was probably my biggest effort in terms of launch since my first novel back in 2011. I only had a two-week campaign, so I needed to make the most of that window. Now I'm going to detail the marketing in a separate section, but it took a lot of time to prepare the various things and execute them, as well as keep the energy up for promotion during the campaign. Two weeks was definitely the longest I would want to do, as I was really over it by the end. It took more time to create and deliver the extra stretch rewards I promised. Since I had pretty low expectations of funding, I set my first stretch goal at £10,000 for lessons learned from writing a travel memoir. When I promised it, I thought it might be a few pages of tips and I didn't even think we would get there. But I am incapable of delivering something that is half done. (laughs) And so we did hit 10,000 and I did write essentially a short book on the topic, which I then formatted an ebook and recorded as an audiobook. <laughs> Record, you know, and I did it as usual as I do. Now I, I'm actually going to turn that into a proper book at some point so the content will get reused, but that definitely took more time than I expected because I hadn't prepared it in advance. So I, as soon as we hit that 10,000, which was at like day three or whatever it was, I was like, okay, I guess I have to write that. And I hadn't started it. Now, of course, I should say I'm incredibly grateful that we hit all of these levels. But my lesson learned is be a bit more aggressive with the stretch goals and prepare in advance. <laughs> so, yeah, 
Then I set a a next stretch goal at £25,000 for a live Zoom call for backers to ask me questions, which we also achieved. And actually, that wasn't such a big deal. And I really enjoyed doing it. And I would definitely do that again. It made me want to do more live Q&A videos. But again, time is always an issue. It took time to figure out the backer spreadsheet and check all the fulfilment details. So once you've finished your campaign, you send out surveys for mailing addresses and to fulfil rewards. But I also needed to turn the backer report into a printing order for BookVault. And that was nerve-wracking indeed. The spreadsheets were different formats. And thankfully, my husband Jonathan helped me with the transformation from Kickstarter format to BookVault format. And then we spot-checked the orders to make sure people got the right books based on their orders. I was petrified that some people might get the wrong book and I checked and checked and checked and checked both on the spreadsheet and then once the orders were loaded, I checked Book Vault as well. I was worried I'd have to resend the right book, which would end up with me out of pocket because they'd have to do double printing and shipping. But thankfully, all the checking made everything good and I haven't heard from anyone who got the wrong book. It took time to follow up with backer payment and address issues. So most backers were easy to deal with. They received the updates and Kickstarter emails, they filled in the surveys, and I didn't have any problems. But there were problems with about 5% of backers, most of which were not their fault. There were failed payments when banks thought Kickstarter might be fraud, There were missed emails because of issues with deliverability, so backers didn't receive the rewards, or they didn't fill in the survey and return their address, which meant I couldn't do the order with BookVault. I had to do it later or manually. I had to follow up with every single one of these, some of them multiple times, and I slowly reduced my list of outstanding backers. Right now, as I record this, I still have one person who I cannot reach, even though I've tried contacting them via email and their website. Karen B, if you're out there, please contact me. So here's a tip. If you back a Kickstarter campaign, please log on to Kickstarter a few weeks after the campaign has finished and check for updates. (laughs) It's possible that you are not receiving the emails from Kickstarter and the creator may need details from you in order to fulfil your pledge. If you backed my campaign, you should have everything now. So please contact me if you don't have what you bought. It took time to figure out the tax implications. This is not legal or financial advice and your taxes will vary by jurisdiction. So please ask your accountant how you need to treat Kickstarter or any other book-related income. Wherever you are in the world, you will need to pay tax on the income, because we all have income tax. But the complicating factor is whether you also need to consider sales tax. And this definitely differs by jurisdiction. Some authors told me no sales tax would be due, as you only get one payment from Kickstarter, so it's treated in a different way. Others said sales tax was due per product as per any other direct sale. So I went to my accountant, who said that we should handle it as per any other book sales. In the UK, for example, there is no sales tax on ebook or paperbacks or print books, but there is 20% VAT on audiobooks and also stationery, because I have workbooks. 
European countries also have digital VAT on ebooks and audiobooks due in the country of the customer unless you do various paperworky things. I've linked to a resource if you're in the UK, but essentially I followed my accountant's advice, which treats backers in the same way as my customers who buy on Shopify. Please do not ask me any more about this. Ask a professional in your jurisdiction about taxes and finances. Even if you're in the UK, I cannot answer any questions. I'm not an accountant. I haven't had much time to do anything else, as I felt like I couldn't start anything new until everything in the campaign was finished. As soon as the campaign window closed, I felt like I had an open loop in my brain. I desperately wanted to close it in order to say the project was done. I have now delivered all the book and course rewards, and these lessons learned are really the last part of it, although I still have 10 consulting calls, which I will do over the next year. I've talked before about the different kinds of energy you need as an author, starting energy, pushing through energy and finishing energy. Once the campaign was funded, my finishing energy kicked in and I was driven to get everything finished as soon as possible. I sent the digital rewards out within a few days of the campaign closing and also shipped the unsigned books, ordered the print books, then of course I went and signed them and then I recorded the course. It has been my primary focus for the last few months and I haven't been able to do much else except the podcast, which is my weekly commitment to you. Once again, I should have blocked out the time. Bonus tip. Don't plan an international speaking and book research trip during the campaign. So before the pandemic, I was due to speak at Superstars Writing Seminars in Colorado Springs, but that was postponed several times for obvious reasons. Then last year, we were in New Zealand. I wanted to fulfil my promise to Kevin J. Anderson and the team this year. So I planned the Colorado Springs trip and also added on a few days of book research in Washington, D.C., I figured the campaign would just be running and I would let it run while I was away, especially as I had scheduled a lot of my marketing content already. I also assumed I could work during my jet lag early morning hours and in the time between sessions. Now I had a great time and it is a fantastic conference, lovely people, friendly people, really interesting. But I didn't anticipate how much the Colorado Springs climate would affect me. The dry air and lack of humidity plus jet lag made me exhausted. And weirdly, I couldn't see properly as my skin and my eyeballs dried out. A common issue if you've had laser eye surgery, as I have. And not everybody had the same problem. But when I went to the hotel front desk, they they were actually selling eye drops. (laughs) So clearly a common problem. I also forgot, again, that conferences are tiring for an introvert. And so I had little extra energy left over for the campaign. Once again, Jonathan said I must learn this lesson, but once again, I tried to be superhuman and do too much at the same time, and I didn't account for the impact. A lesson one day I might learn. (laughs) With all of this said, I have learned so much during this campaign. 
It's as if I've done an intensive degree in a new form of publishing. So it's bound to be tiring. And all of my lessons learned will help with the next one. And it will be very interesting. And yes, I am doing another one, but I'm going to talk more about that later. But I feel like so much of what I learned, I will be able to put into practice next time. So it may be that this this is literally just the most work. And if you self-publish for the first time, if you write your first book, there's so many things we learn the first time we do something that then we can just ramp up next time. So yeah, lots of time spent that I didn't expect, but yeah, really good. How did I market the campaign? So I put more effort into marketing this book than I have into pretty much any other book in my author career. I threw everything at it because, or almost everything, because I wanted to do the best for this book of my heart. Plus, my reputation as a book marketer was on the line. I did not want to fail and miss my funding goal. Here are my marketing tips with examples from the campaign, many of which will be be useful for normal book marketing. And there's loads of pictures and examples on the show notes. Talk and share about the book while you are writing it, even though you might not know what it will turn into. I always share my book research and projects in progress, so this was nothing new. But pilgrimage was years in the making, so I have years of sharing aspects of it. I've shared pictures from every pilgrimage walk on Instagram at JFPenAuthor and Facebook at JFPenAuthor and on Twitter at The Creative Pen and sometimes Facebook The Creative Pen. I've talked on this podcast about each walk and I've done solo episodes and blog posts about each on my books and travel podcast and blog. I also did a poll and shared my book cover design process that was in last in Q3 or Q4, it might have been 2022. Uh, I shared the book cover design process and then I did an article on why I ignored target reader feedback in the end. All this meant that many in my community, including you listening, <laughs> you became aware of my solo walking and also my ecclesiastical interest, my architecture interest, and you've enjoyed my photos along the way if you follow me on social media. So when I announced the launch, it was the culmination of years of build-up. Set up the Kickstarter pre-launch page as early as possible and keep promoting it. So you can launch a pre-launch page once Kickstarter has approved your project and you don't have to have finished everything to make it available. Just complete the personal and business setup and fill in enough detail so they can verify your identity and judge the campaign to be real and within the guidelines and not just a scam or a spam campaign. So I started to promote my pre-launch page back in mid-December 2022 even though I only had a basic story page and not all my rewards were complete. And of course, at that point in mid-December, I didn't have the hardback, so I didn't know how much it would weigh. I hadn't done the shipping costs, all of that. By the time we went live, I had 436 people signed up. On launch, those people get an email from Kickstarter. So those people were responsible for my campaign funding within the first few minutes and then took it to 5x the target within the first 24 hours. And then I started to email my lists and all of this type of thing. But it was those pre-launch signups that really kick-started. Kick <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> the whole thing. 
Now, the benefit of using Kickstarter for multiple projects is that previous backers are notified of your new project. This compounds the effect over time and why those who use Kickstarter successfully do multiple campaigns. Kickstarter SEO and marketing potential on the platform. Kickstarter has its own ecosystem. There is a discovery algorithm that can help you find projects you might like as a backer, and there are also different ways to search. But only certain aspects appear in the search, so your title, subtitle, as well as your header image need to be optimised so people can find you. Your story sales page needs to be clear with a compelling pitch. People also have to want your rewards, so marketing has to be baked into the products you're offering and who you're trying to attract. Your video doesn't need to be a professional level product, but it does need to connect with potential backers. So take the time to make a good one. And if you've never made a video before, you will need time to upskill. Kickstarter also has social media. Use hash Kickstarter reads and Twitter at Kickstarter read. If your project funds quickly and has a good trajectory, you might get picked for the Projects We Love badge, which also gives you better discoverability. And I got that pretty fast, uh, actually. I, I didn't ask for it. I just got it. You can also tag Kickstarter on social media and inform them of your campaign so they might notice you and add the badge. Now, Kickstarter sent representatives to 20 Books Vegas last year and hopefully will send people again so we can learn more about how to engage more successfully on the platform over time. Content marketing. Content marketing is offering something useful or interesting or inspiring or funny or entertaining for free in order to attract your target market. So they buy your book. This might be an article, blog post, video, audio, podcast, social media, whatever. For fiction, it is usually a free book or a short story or other free examples of your writing that draw people in. And I have a course on content marketing for fiction if you want to learn more about that. Content marketing is my favourite form of marketing, as it is about attraction, not interruption. It also involves creating something in the world that lasts over time as opposed to an ephemeral spike ad or a social media post that quickly disappears. Each has its place, of course, and I use them all. This podcast is content marketing, although it now also provides direct revenue in the form of corporate advertising and Patreon support. Thank you, patrons and advertisers. And I consider this to be part of my creative body of work. My books and travel podcast and blog are also content marketing. And in fact, mentioning Washington, D.C., I did a long article on books and travel with all my pictures from Washington, D.C., if you want to have a look. That's booksandtravel.page. For this launch, I did content marketing on my own sites and shows, as well as other people's, which I arranged and recorded in advance. I've also mentioned the campaign in the introduction to every one of these shows leading up to the launch and during the launch. Some of the things I did, I'm not going to read out the whole list. If you want to see the list, everything is linked. But I was on some podcasts, Sacred Steps with Kevin Donahue, Wish I'd Known Then for Writers with Sarah Rosette and Jamie Albright, Travel Writing World with Jeremy Bassetti and Into the Woods with Holly Wharton. I also did several uh, podcasts. I did one on this 
feed. I did another one on the books and travel feed. I also included two chapters from the audiobook on the books and travel podcast. So if you go to that podcast, you'll find those episodes. All those links in the notes. All of these took time to prepare and produce, but each is a chance for another person to hear about the book. Plus they are evergreen and Pilgrimage is available for everyone to buy now. So I can point people at Pilgrimage on other stores. Use a redirection URL. For all my marketing, I used jfpen.com forward slash pilgrimage, which I can redirect using Pretty Links plugin on WordPress and point it to wherever I want it to go. Before the launch, it went to the pre-launch page, then the campaign itself, and now it goes to the book page. And once I build a special landing page, it will go there, depending on where you're listening or depending on where it goes. But that's jfpen.com forward slash pilgrimage. The URL needs to be easy to say out loud for use in podcast interviews and audio first media. Email your list multiple times. Some things change in book marketing, like the emergence of new platforms like TikTok. But one thing has stayed the same for decades. If you have an email list, you can always sell books. Your email list consists of people who have opted in to hear from you, so you can email them about normal launches as well as your Kickstarter campaign. I have two email lists, one for the creative pen around writing and the other around JF Pen for my fiction. I emailed both lists multiple times at different times in the campaign. I use ConvertKit for my email, but there are other options for authors. Use specific referral links for different aspects of the campaign for tracking return. Kickstarter allows you to create different tracking links so you can link revenue to specific marketing events. For example, I used one link for my Creative Pen email list and another for my JF Pen email list and yet another for my Facebook advertising. But to be honest, I did not do this well enough and I wasn't consistent enough with the links I shared. So the tracking was a little inconsistent due to me. (laughs) I will be more specific with this next time as it was really useful to see where the income came from. You can also add the MetaPixel and Google Analytics code to the campaign, which can also help with figuring out advertising. And if you don't know what those are, don't worry. (laughs) You don't have to use them. Book images and social media. I initially mocked up the book using cover images on mockupshots.com and then resized them in Canva in order to create social media images. You can also use book brush. I later did a book photo shoot with the hardback in different places to give me more marketing assets to play with, all of which I will use over time as part of ongoing marketing. In fact, I enjoyed these photo shoots so much, I want to do the same with my other books. So I'll be taking Map of Shadows around Bath and Desecration with me to London next time. I prepared and scheduled social media posts to go out every day and I did that in advance. Primarily for Twitter at The Creative Pen, my Instagram and Facebook at JF Pen Author and also Facebook at The Creative Pen. It was a lot of work, but I really enjoyed it, weirdly, and I need to do more of this for my other books. Especially as with Shopify, Facebook and Instagram link directly into my store so I can tag books and 
These days, social commerce is a lot smoother through mobile, so someone can see an image on social, click through and buy immediately. I also, I did some quotes from the book, so I did pictures, I also did quotes, and I blatantly used our cute British short hair cats, Cashew and Noisette, for marketing reasons. I use Buffer.com to schedule my social media, but there are other tools. I also asked some friends who are travel influencers to share the book, and I sent them the hardback in advance so they could review if they liked. Thanks to Sarah Baxter and Alistair Humphreys for sharing the book, and an especially big thank you to Anna McNuff, who gave birth to twins that week and still managed to share about pilgrimage. Backer engagement during the campaign and use of stretch goals. Let's be clear. It was not natural for me to push a book every day for two weeks. I also felt awkward about engaging with backers multiple times, let alone the wider community who I was sure were sick of my book. But I did it anyway, as it was only a short campaign of two weeks. I sent four updates during the campaign to backers, some of which are visible to the public on my Kickstarter, and then I sent updates afterwards with delivery of the rewards. Although I did resist the stretch goals, as I mentioned earlier, I went with notes on writing a travel memoir and the backer live Q&A. I did scrabble to decide on and deliver those as I really didn't think I would need them, (laughs) which is crazy. I had such low expectations of what I might achieve. Uh, But next time I will definitely plan stretch goals in advance and in more detail. Facebook advertising. I did some Facebook ads for the campaign, or I should call them meta ads because they're also on Instagram. I primarily aim them at my email lists and people who follow my pages, but also some wider reach using lookalike lists and walking interests. I used a tracking link, so I know that the revenue that came in through people backing it more than paid for the ads. So I would do more of this next time. If you want to learn about ads, I recommend Mark Dawson's Ads for Authors course at thecreativepen.com forward slash ads, ADS, that is my affiliate link. It's focused on sending traffic to the retailers or your author website, but it's also relevant for advertising to Kickstarter. Some marketing things I didn't do. I didn't try to get any press or traditional media attention, mainly because I would have had to approach outlets much earlier in the process. I didn't have the hardback finished until a few weeks before the campaign, rather than a few months before, which is when pitching for press is a better idea. I also didn't collaborate with other creators on Kickstarter, even though I knew other authors doing campaigns at the same time. A couple of people asked me about cross-promotion, but their campaigns were not at all related to pilgrimage. And as with all book marketing, there is only a point to cross-promotion if you target the same readers. I had intended to do some Facebook, Instagram and YouTube live videos, but I struggle with live videos in general and especially when I'm tired, so I didn't go ahead with those. I might consider more of those next time. Want more marketing ideas? Well, for general book marketing, check out How to Market a Book, which is my book available everywhere, including on creativepenbooks.com. And for Kickstarter-specific marketing, check out Get Your Book Selling on Kickstarter by Russell P. Nolte and Monica Leonel and the resources on kickstartyournovel.com.
Post-campaign marketing for backer email addresses. And my tip is, do a survey for everyone. So as part of a campaign I previously backed, I noticed that I didn't actually need to do a survey for the digital backers because they could just get the rewards if I emailed through Kickstarter. And sure enough, you can just email the book funnel links, the course discount code, etc. through the campaign. But this was a mistake. I should have done a survey for everyone. If you do a survey, you can get the real email, (laughs) as some people use a cloaked email. And you can also include a checkbox asking people if they want to sign up for your email list. So while you do get the email addresses of everyone who backs your campaign in your backer report, you cannot just upload them to your email provider and start emailing them about your other books. Kickstarter's terms of use include the following. When you use Kickstarter, and especially if you create a successful project, you may receive information about other users, including things like their names, email addresses and postal addresses. This information is provided for the purpose of participating in a Kickstarter project. Don't use it for other purposes and don't abuse it. This is about data protection and privacy laws. Basically, Kickstarter is the platform in this instance, and people have signed up to receive emails from Kickstarter, but not from you. All emails about the campaign go through Kickstarter, and you don't have permission to just upload that list to your own email system and start sending more emails. They have not specifically said they want that. Unless they have, in a survey with opt-in, which I didn't do. (laughs) Of course, there are indirect ways to attract people to sign up for your list, my book Pilgrimage includes ways to hear from me further. So some backers will go on and sign up for my free thriller ebook at jfpen.com forward slash free or my author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. You can also do updates later, for example, when you have a new campaign. And in this way, Kickstarter acts as a different ecosystem for email. So was it worth it? Will I do another Kickstarter campaign? There were certainly a few moments where I was overwhelmed and thought it was too much work and wished I had just released Pilgrimage in the usual way. But I am thrilled to have given this book of my heart a proper launch. And there are certainly more copies in the hands and ears of readers and listeners than I expected for such a niche project. I also enjoyed a lot of the engagement with backers and I reinvigorated my use of Facebook and Instagram in a way I will continue to do moving forward. Plus, when the campaign finished and two weeks later that lump sum of money hit my bank account before I had even published the book elsewhere, I could definitely see the benefits financially. With a little distance, I'm also really glad I had to stretch myself and learn new skills that will help in my author business, especially in this time of flux due to generative AI and changing business models. I am committed to direct first and direct only products, and Kickstarter will be a key part of my author business plan moving forward. So were my fears realised? Just to recap, I was afraid of failure and embarrassment if I failed to fund, of getting something wrong and being out of pocket, of letting backers down, and of overcommitting myself and resenting the workload. 
And really, the only thing that happened was overcommitment and a lot more work than I expected. But the time I put in was also likely the reason for the campaign's success and the reason that the other things didn't happen. I had to learn a new platform and a new approach to publishing and book marketing. So it was kind of a mini degree at the same time. So yes, I will do another Kickstarter but only for special projects that are suited to this kind of intensive campaign. I'm planning my next one, probably in February 2024, which will be for my shadow book, which I already have around 40,000 words on. And those of you who have been listening for a long time know I have kind of been talking about this for probably a decade. (laughs) It's about creating from your shadow side, based on the Jungian idea of the shadow. I'll be doing a survey on this in the coming months to get your thoughts on writing from the dark side. Given all my lessons learned, I will start writing that book for real, properly, and preparing the campaign six months in advance, rather than six weeks. I'm going to put it out there now as well. I am saying right now, I'm aiming for a six-figure campaign. And that takes time to plan and prepare for. And in listening to other people who do big Kickstarter projects, they actually spend a lot of time putting in the effort to make the campaign a success. Should you consider a Kickstarter campaign for your book? To be honest, only if you consider this to be a career you want to invest in and a platform you want to do more than one campaign with. If you just have one book or a couple of books or you're just starting out or you don't want to do marketing and connect with readers, then definitely don't do a Kickstarter. It is not some magic button that will make you money, like uploading to Amazon is not a magic button that will make you money. It takes time and effort to have a successful campaign. But if you do want to build a long-term author business, then Selling Direct should have some part to play. And Kickstarter is a great way to make more money per book and connect with readers. It's really only the beginning of the trend of authors selling direct. So don't worry, you can learn how to do this over time. Now, I'm certainly not an early adopter on Kickstarter. Like I said, I've been backing projects for over a decade. uh, So I'm not early on this. (laughs) But I have been selling direct since 2008. And I do feel like really the time is coming when people will be selling direct more, hence the Shopify thing but I feel like Kickstarter goes really well with Shopify and of course now I'll be selling the book as well as everything else on my store say it together creativepenbooks.com <laughs> so if you do want to do it and you need help with your campaign I am going to recommend once more kickstartyournovel.com regardless of the genre you write in even if you're not writing a novel very good resources. Check out Monica Lionel and Russell Nolte's stuff. They have free info. Um, There's the book, there's courses, the accelerator program. There's something for everyone, no matter your budget. Plus WMG Publishing with Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rush also have free courses and premium courses about Kickstarter and they do them pretty much every month. I also think that given the increasing number of publishing Kickstarter campaigns, it is likely that an ecosystem of support will emerge soon enough, specifically for the platform. 
They will be book-specific Kickstarter project managers you'll be able to hire to run things for you, Kickstarter marketing experts and publishing support for creating beautiful books. For example, I've had John Bond and Chris Wold on here talking about how White Fox offer services and information on crowdfunding. And uh, yeah, that's again in the show notes. But uh, if you, I mean, there are a lot of companies that already run these types of services for other kinds of Kickstarter campaigns, but I haven't seen any that do it for book campaigns and publishing campaigns, but I reckon they will emerge. If you know of these companies or you are someone who is going to be doing this for authors, I definitely would love to hear from you. What happens next for Pilgrimage? As I write and record this, Pilgrimage has not officially launched on all of the platforms in all of the places. It is for sale on my Shopify store, creativepanbooks.com, so you can buy it now over there. But I'm not planning on doing any more marketing until after the 1st of May 2023, when it will be available everywhere in all formats. It is on pre-order at the usual stores. You can order at your local bookstore or your library. It is slowly filtering into the various audiobook uh, places as well. This is another brilliant thing about Kickstarter. You have made this spike money, this big chunk, and then you get to publish in the usual way and make money all over again in the slow burn monthly model. Given the niche of pilgrimage and solo walking, especially for the Camino de Santiago, I expect to continue to sell a small number of copies every month as it's one of those consistent small niches that people become interested in over time. It is surprising how many people have either walked or want to walk the Camino de Santiago, even if they're not Christian, as I am not. Also, some of the Kickstarter backers will be happy to leave reviews. And if you loved Pilgrimage and you've read it, I'd really appreciate, or listen to it, I'd really appreciate a review on my store. Just select the format, scroll down and click write a review. Or on Goodreads, it is on Goodreads in all formats, or on any of the retailers once it's out. Another good thing is that you can update your Kickstarter campaign page to point to the book in other places, which I have now done. So it's a good addition to ongoing marketing. Right. That was an epic lessons learned. It has taken me, well, I pretty much started writing down lessons learned as soon as I started doing this. <laughs> so it was a lot of work to finish this, but it is a satisfying end to the last four months on this first Kickstarter campaign. If you'd like to be notified of my campaign for The Shadow Book, which will launch in Q1 2024, then sign up for my author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint or my free thriller at jfpen.com forward slash free and you'll be on my email list. Of course, I will talk about it on this podcast nearer the time. So I would love to know what you think about this episode. Please let me know your thoughts, your questions or lessons learned from your own Kickstarter campaign in the comments. Or if you haven't done one or you're wondering, please put questions or thoughts. You can tweet me at The Creative Pen. You can leave a comment uh, in the show notes on the, on the blog or on the YouTube channel. You can email me, joanna at thecreativepen.com. And if you are someone who does a lot of Kickstarter things and you have some feedback for me, I would love to hear that feedback but only if you are a real expert on kickstarter 
Uh, in general, I mean, I want to do better next time. Basically, that is my my plan. So yeah, please let me know. So I hope you found my lessons learned interesting and that you got some tips for publishing and mindset and book marketing, even if you don't plan to do a Kickstarter. Please do share your tips or questions or thoughts in the comments on the blog post or the YouTube channel. Tweet me at The Creative Pen. Email me, joanna at thecreativepen.com. Leave me a comment if you're a patron. And also remember, if you'd like to buy Pilgrimage in any format, it is available now on my store, creativepenbooks.com. And it will be available everywhere from the 1st of May, 2023. So next Monday, I have intellectual property lawyer Catherine Goldman back on the show to talk about the impact of AI. And I'll also round up all the things that have been happening in this incredibly fast changing space. So in the meantime, happy writing and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes available at thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast. You can also get your free author blueprint at thecreativepen.com forward slash blueprint. If you'd like to connect, you can tweet me at The Creative Pen or find me on Facebook at The Creative Pen. See you next time. <laughs>